Welcome to the Bill Spadia Show on demand. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this show so you'll never miss a minute. Bill Spadia is compensated for commercial and nonprofit appearances. Six ten on New Jersey, 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia. Happy Groundhog Day. I want to thank Bed Parks Casino and Sportsbook for sponsoring New Jersey Chime Time every morning on the show. So, Dan, your favorite day of the year today. <laughs> Weather rodent day. Now, why don't meteorologists just take today off? And let the let Right, the just let the groundhog it. do it all. Mm, that's, a, that's a good so idea. So, what, what do you think? Uh, let, let's start with the weather first. Wet, kind of gross. Uh, exactly. Again, right. yeah, right? This, again. Is, this is status quo, but Misty. this is the last of it. We've got Good. we've got a band of rain exiting this morning. It's going to stay drizzly and showery mm. into this yeah. afternoon, cloudy and eventually breezy. And then tomorrow the sun comes out and it's going to be glorious. Really? So mm-hmm. it should be a good day. Um, Elizabeth is flying in from London tomorrow morning. So and she's here all week. This is she, it. This right? is it. This this is the wedding's next week. Wedding. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, should be okay tomorrow. I mean, weather-wise, at least, I can't speak for the delays normally of just flying. It might today. be a little windy to breezy to yeah. windy. I, I don't think it's enough to have, cause any problems, especially with international flights. They yeah. bring those guys right in. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, sunshine. It, it's going to be great. cool. It's going to feel like February in the lower forties. But you know, we get rid of the. I, I'm so tired of using adjectives like dreary and dismal and gloomy yeah, right. and cloudy. Uh, finally, we get a change of pace this week. Good. And cold weather. When's the cold front coming? Uh, today, okay. So, so it's not an Arctic blast. It's just okay. knocking things back a little bit. It's it's helping to dry out our air a little bit. You know, we're in the 40s today. We're in the 40s tomorrow. So, it's in terms bad. of temperature, for February, it feels mild. Uh, yesterday was a, a pretty nice afternoon. It was nice. We came yeah. close to 50 yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the the rodent. Um, yes. The uh, I know some towns can't find a groundhog so they're that not all doing Milltown. it yes there is no milltown <laughs> mel this year because what happened he they died uh he, he passed escaped? just before groundhog's day two years ago so they have not replaced him they have not replaced i you know hiring is hard right now nobody wants to work that's the problem <laughs> it's lazy groundhogs but we do have at turtleback <clears throat> zoo there is uh, yeah. essex edwina Yep. And I wrote an article this morning just published okay. a few minutes ago where mm. i fake interviewed Essex Edwina, asking her some very pointed questions about Groundhog Day. How did she do? Did she hold up, and uh, did you learn anything? Well, she's a groundhog. Fair point. You should go check out the article, because I think her answers are are pretty appropriate for a groundhog. I love it. All right, well, you know what? We're going to leave it at that for now, and then we'll check back in, because I want to know your prediction on whether or not we're going to have You want to talk about that now, or save it till later? Well, just tease it. Um, I, I think winter's coming back. It's not okay. over yet. We have 46 days until spring. It's going to take a little while for cold air to yeah. recharge, but mm, we're not done yet. What time is sunrise? So when do we know? When, when is the ground? Sunrise out? here is just after 7. I think it's closer to 7.30 out in Punxsutawney. So that's that's about when we'll know what, uh, what His Royal Highness Phil has to say. We'll check in after the 7.30 news. Sounds good. Thanks, Dan. So, Eric, weekend's here. We made it through the week. Yay. We just have to get through another four hours. Yeah, it was, you know, part of me feels like the week went fast, but it was so busy. I had so many events this week. This was back into full swing. So I, and it's a busy weekend coming up. How about you? 
Uh, yes, I do have a busy weekend coming up. I have stuff that I... Today, I actually have nothing. We're actually going to Amalfi's wow. tonight to have dinner with some friends that we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Um, but Saturday and Sunday, um, busy. Both of us have stuff going. We're heading in different directions all weekend yeah. long. Yeah. Well, you're going to have a nice weather weekend anyway. Yeah, I think I want to try to get at least some tiki bar time in. Maybe... Maybe late Sunday. And and you've got, um, as your bourbon stock comes down, you've yeah. got two coming for me. I'm still too <laughs> short. Uh, and our, our sneeze bed is, uh, I don't know, we haven't had an incident in, That's right. in almost a month. That's right. Right? It's not dusty enough in here. You know, we need to start smacking the walls <laughs> because the fabric-covered walls will release dust if you if you smack them. I was, uh, I was just talking to Jill, who's back, Jill Myra, back in uh, I wonder New Jersey. Who that was. Yeah, right? I didn't recognize her. She uh, she was telling us the story, uh, Jill. You um, you flew back. Now, Eric, you probably fly the most. I would say of this group, maybe, yeah, right. So, Jill, tell me what happened with the, they. They oh, got they you got for a hundred bucks. I was like, they they got oh, me. Oh, I was. I would be so mad. Like, oh, yeah. It just felt horrible because it was six a.m. and so you're flying to Florida. Yeah, you got your bags. This is the carry-on bag or the check no, bag. No, well, here's the thing. I had an eight-day, it was an eight-day tour, yeah. and I had a, a wedding, and it was the wedding was a three-day event, so things had to be packed, and bags had to be checked, which I'm usually, you know, I like to shove it all in the, yeah. the carry-on, uh, but I got there, and I was nine, I was weighing it at home, too, yeah. but most airlines are 50 pounds, they got me, because theirs is 40 pounds. Are we flying Frontier? Yeah, I don't want to pay. I mean, I love, I love, love that. I'm not knocking them, but you know, nine so, pounds. So now, really she's nine pounds over. Like that's a lot. Nine so, pounds. Nine of pounds clothing? is a lot. Yes, I, it's yes. I it mean, that's heavy. another bag. No, I won't lie. It felt like a trunk. So <laughs> I, at six a.m., I was not about to yeah. undo nine pounds of pro, of you know. So what you belongings. do? So I, I, it was a fee. I had to pay a hundred bucks. But I'll be oh. darned. On the way back, I was not going to let that happen. The same nine pounds now was dispersed to a Marshall's bag, like a little, you know, a shopping bag. And you just took that on like you were shopping for things. So why is it that, what's the difference? It's all going on the same airplane. Right? It's the weight distribution metric. So you're saying there's logic to this. Well... There's no logic to what the airlines <laughs> charge. Yeah. No, uh, hundred bucks. Why isn't it per pound? Yeah, like a dollar a pound or yeah, something. But it, it is yeah. Um, yeah, the distribution, and, right? Oh, right. That's interesting. So there isn't. There must be a max weight. So you know, one of the reasons, especially if you're, not internationally, but if you're flying domestically, one of the reasons why it sometimes makes sense if you're checking bags to upgrade to business class is because the weight limit goes from 50 to 70 pounds per bag and you get two bags free. Yes. So by yeah. the time you do the calculation on what it's going to cost me yeah. to do, you know, to, to add these bags and pay these bag fees, it's sometimes not much different, you know, 20, 30 bucks to get a business class seat and now you get Two no seventy kidding. pound bags for free, but, but yeah. it's still huh. going Let's on. See the, that? That's a good tip. It's still going on the same air, airplane. So why know, don't why don't uh, like really heavy people pay more? That's that. Well, <laughs> now a lot I'm of not trying to be insensitive, but do they calculate that based on the number of overweight yeah. people that are on the flight? And on the way home, what I was, right? the flight was so empty, and there was a woman who bought two seats. She was heavy. Yeah. And she said, oh, now the the, the flight was empty." She's it like, must oh. be so uncomfortable in coach <laughs> if you are really heavy. 
Oh, because yeah. the seats are getting even smaller. Oh, my God. Oh, I absolutely. mean, the seats right? are getting smaller. Small. Is, oh. is it Frontier or one of these budget airlines? The seats are actually plastic. Like sitting oh, I, in plastic um, chairs. Oh, they don't recline or anything. I don't, is it, skinny it may and, be Spirit. Yeah. Is it Spirit that Maybe does it's that? Or Legion? Yeah. It's one of them. One You're of them. You're exactly right. Yeah. But they're yeah. lighter. Yes. So you should be able to bring more on wow. or, or eat more on vacation. But I've been, uh, I've been at the airport in the Dominican before where they've actually held us on the plane and had and repositioned people on the plane so that the plane doesn't tip as everybody is getting off because of the weight distribution. All about distribution. God, it's like a math lesson this morning. Right? All right, question for you. You flying anywhere this week, and uh, are you as aggravated as we are about uh, the hassle of air travel these days? 1-800-283-101.5. And what would you have done if you were in Jill's spot? Throw the nine pounds away or pay the hundred bucks? 617, fast traffic instant. When the next? Bro. Six twenty-three on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio with you till ten o'clock this morning. Talk of Jersey, taking your calls one 1015 Hey, as a reminder, at eight thirty after the news, uh, probably somewhere around eight thirty-eight, eight thirty-nine, I will have a special hashtag Blue Friday for you today. Uh, today's honorees, uh, somewhat unique and. Uh, we have a special guest that will be honoring um, his uh, friends on the force. Um, but you want to stay tuned for this because we, we did a little twist on Blue Friday this uh, this Friday. Um, we were talking about the airlines and Elizabeth is my daughter is flying in tomorrow morning. So she's leaving London very early. It's in around noon tomorrow. Uh, I've got uh, an event early in the morning that I'm speaking at. And then we have a busy afternoon. But. Uh, Jody and I are going to pick her up, and I, you know, I, we were talking about this. A couple things we were talking about yesterday, and then and then Jill came back from Florida today, and it is aggravating to this whole baggage thing. And I I don't think we're the only ones that fight with this. This is a thing every time we go to the airport now. So we end up weighing the bags now. When we're flying overseas, for sure, Jody always checks a bag. It's easier to check a bag because, you know, especially for ladies with products, the products can be checked. You're not going to, you know, you don't have to worry about taking everything out of your carry-on. So I get that. And some airlines, it's 40 pounds. Some, it's 50 pounds. But think about it for a minute. If you can open up your bag and put the clothes on your back, what the hell's the difference of just leaving it in the bag? And then if you take the next logical step, that how much, like, do they calculate the weight on the flight as they watch the girth of some of the passengers get on the plane? Like, when you think, so my question to you is, do you have a strategy when you get to the airport? Uh, mine is I just underpack. There are things that I will buy when when I get there, there's always a Walmart or something. You can get something cheap. Um, but the question I have for you is, do you have some kind of flying strategy that's worked for you? And what would you have done in Jill's place? And have you ever been there where you're the one that's holding up the line because you're like three pounds over on your bag? Let's go to Jeff 
at the joint base. Morning, Jeff. Hey, uh, good morning. Good morning. I'm actually on the road headed to yeah. uh, the airport. Nice. This is a, a very timely call, but uh, I just wanted to add a little bit of a tidbit to that equation about the why uh, there's a cutoff at 50 pounds. Tell me. And uh, part of that part of that equation is also uh, the the poor guy that's schlepping the bag. So the guy that's uh, throwing the the bag onto the carousel, onto the air, <laughs> the guy grabbing it off and then loading it on the plane. If uh, if you added another 20 pounds, make all of them 70 over the course of a day, and he's doing 50 bags a plane and does 40 b- planes a day, he's lifting thousands and thousands of more pounds. And uh, I think uh, uh, that's why you get a lot of those uh, those orange tags thrown on saying, uh, this is a heavy bag, you know, watch out for this one, because... Uh, it's a lot of wear and tear on those guys that are. <laughs> you know what, Jeff? You are the first person that's called. We, we've talked about this before that uh, gave a shout out to the baggage handlers. I love it. You're 100% right. Those guys are breaking their backs, right? Trying to lug your heavy crap onto the plane. That's what you would think, Jeff, that they would be some of the best in shape guys with core strength, right? Of anybody. <laughs> Man. But, uh, you know, after lifting all my, my extra bottle of rum from Curacao or whatever I'm bringing back with me, uh, yeah, it's got to have some positive effect. There you go. Where are you headed today, Jeff? I'm headed back to Kansas City. Wow. Now, back to, is that where you live? Yeah, I live in Kansas City. Been uh, here at the base for uh, just a little over a month. Great. How was your time in Jersey? Love it. Best pizza on earth. Fight me. I'll, I'll fight anybody over that. There you go. Thank you, Jeff. I love it. All right, man. Hey, fly safe. Appreciate you uh, chiming in. Thanks a lot. You got it. All right. Are you headed to the airport today? Hey, I'd love to talk to a baggage handler. Man, Jeff really had them covered. I totally agree with him. Think about that guy out there with your 70, 80-pound bag. He doesn't care if you paid an extra 50, 100 bucks for it. He's still got to break his back getting it on the conveyor belt. So, do you work at the airport, and uh, have you ever been in the situation that Jill's been in where you're totally embarrassed because they call you out of line for the heavy bag? 1-800-283-101.5 is the number 628. It's the time. The news is next with Eric Scott. Six thirty-eight on New Jersey, one hundred one point five. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio with you till ten o'clock this morning. Talk in Jersey. Taking your calls one 1015 So, Eric, this is a this is a thing. I got a note from my assistant Sharon. She's like, she went to Nashville in December. The check-in at Newark, her bag was two pounds over. Ugh. The agent let it go. Right. So you think, oh, that's huh. good. Okay. Coming home, same bag, four pounds over. So the agent wanted to charge her a hundred bucks. So she started pulling things out. She actually pulled out. She's like, I pulled out a skirt that I really didn't like anyway and just threw it away. (laughs) (laughs) And then stuffed three more pounds into the carry-on and that was it. So I I just, I don't know. I, you know, they're so difficult with the bags, but then think about like, why is it fair if the person that weighs 180 pounds gets dinged for the same hundred bucks Flying next to the guy that weighs 270 pounds. Why is there no weight issue with people? Well, there is. In fact, some airlines will require you, if you are a larger person, to purchase two seats. They can do that. They can do that. No kidding. Yeah. Now, am I 
mistaken, or is there a bill before the assembly uh, prohibiting any kind of discrimination based on weight and height? I wonder if that's... Right? Was that Andrew Zwicker? It might have been his wicker bill. <laughs> He's such a radical. He's the um, guy. He but it's represents. Federally, it's, it's federally regulated, so you so know, it wouldn't matter if New Jersey yeah. they couldn't stop that. Yeah, that's interesting though. Now, do they do that? So, so you've you have a lot of mileage, so you upgrade, right? Often, right? How how many times have you? Are you always upgrading to first class? Uh, pretty much. I can't. Re- I don't. I I can't remember the last time. I know I know how this is going to sound, but I don't remember the last time I actually flew coach. No kidding. Yeah. So, but you're using points because you're yes. traveling three, yeah. four, or five times a year. Right. Yeah. I now, mean, it's I, we don't. How pay does for it, it how does it work with that? They don't charge. There's no weight limit. I mean, if the bag is free, what happens so, if it's over? So the weight. Well, you will have to then pay, but the weight limit is for for coaches fifty pounds. For first class, it's seventy pounds. So you get an extra twenty. Now, pounds. why is that? I, again, because I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not an yeah. you know aeronautics engineer, <clears throat> so I, I know. Is this probably. something where it is on the plane? No, I think it's probably because they figure you're paying much more for your airfare. So you get extra. So you get, you the, get the, extra, the extra pounds. You get the extra. And let me tell you, Sandra has come close to hitting seventy pounds on her suitcases. <laughs> um, and I don't, you know, I feel bad for the guys that are loading her bags onto the. Onto Did, the plane. You know, I, until uh, we had that call. You never think of those guys. Right. You watch them, you, and it really, and most people are thinking, what are they going to do with my bag? Are they throwing my bag? Are they, you know, like... like and, They're and throwing they, all the bags. All, all of them. All those bags right. get thrown. Be conscious yeah. of that yeah. when you do... But to be fair to the baggage handlers, they're on a time crunch. Oh, absolutely. Have you watched... You'd be more mad if you were delayed going out because they were delicate with the bags. A thousand percent. Yeah, a thousand right? percent. I mean, you have, to, you have to know how to pack. If you travel... You have to know how to pack a suitcase, and you have to understand that the things that you're checking are going to get jostled around and banged right. around. And it's, I mean, they pack that stuff in there as tightly as they can get it. If you, you know, you can go, you can Google, you know, the what it looks like inside the belly of the airplane. Because yeah. you're seeing the guys, you know, put it on the conveyor right. belt. Right. But there's another guy or two guys that are in the hold of the plane that are stacking all of that stuff. Oh, they're stuff. inside doing it. Yeah. Right. It's not just randomly being... Tossed in Absolutely. until it's full. Yeah. But no, they I cap mean, it off. Right? It, it's, and, it, and they yeah, have to right. do it fast. Think about that, right? Yeah. Yep. And now, you wh- can hear them banging around sometimes if you're, if you're on the plane yeah, while they're yeah, still you loading can. up. You yeah. can hear it banging around down, <laughs> down there. You forget because you're sitting, you know, uh, in, the, in the main cabin, how much space is actually beneath you. Well, it's it's at least half, right? It's about half of the plane. About half yeah. the plane, yeah. Yep. So that's a ton of space. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I, I I don't know. I have uh, I'm typically not the guy that holds up the line because I don't check a bag. And Jody and I have like we've got a um, um, a little hook weight, so I so I a hook can, scale. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I yeah. hook it to mm-hmm. the door and yep. I, you know the door jam, and I can weigh the bag, or yes. I can hold it up and 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 weigh it. So we're we make sure we're a good two or three pounds under before we get there. Uh, my goal is five. I want to be five pounds really? under whatever that max is. And, and but that's, here, I, how do you trust it? Right. So she's two pounds over on the way out. Then Sharon's telling me she was four pounds over on the way back. Exactly. Right. Who's calibrating this stuff? Right. There's no way to know if they're they're exact. Well, a lot of the times for check-in now, you know, you have to bring, you know, you you can print your own bag tags and everything out, but then when you actually go to check in, they weigh it on that little scale before they throw it onto the, you know, right. onto the conveyor belt. 
So even you know you you're gonna get you're gonna get caught one way or another if you're if you're over. You know, now that I think about it, though, they don't weigh your carry on. They do not. Carry on just simply has to fit in the little. So it could be solid. Have. You could be carrying gold coins <clears throat> and uh, right or you lead. Could yeah? And they wouldn't know. That's yep, interesting. They wouldn't. You would. It, it's. I. I mean, look. Air travel has gotten to the point where it is. A lot of people used to look forward to it. You know, I can, yeah, I can yeah. remember being a kid. You know, if we were going to fly somewhere, we, we loved got up it early. We got dressed up. We went to the airport. You know, we had we had lunch. We made a day of it. You know, and now it is just. It's the worst part of your trip. You it's just, the you worst just dread. Part. You just dread it. I remember Eastern Airlines and being a kid, and one of the first flights I took, um, my my dad took me on a business trip to uh, California, and it was just fascinating. You know, the pilot came out, mm-hmm. he gave me little wings. Yep. I don't yep. know how old I was. I, you know, six years old, seven years old, yep. but I I still remember that. It was probably my first flight, and it was it was exciting. There was an excitement. There was a uh, I don't ever remember the tension between passengers either. Like oh, there's so a, much tension, right? There's a tension. Yeah. The flight attendants have an edge now. Yep. It's, it's it, it is. It's an incredibly aggravating experience now because they're you know people are misbehaving you know on the plane. Now I don't yeah. know. It, it seems in greater numbers. I mean, social media has given us you know the the video of of all of this i know um but the and the tolerance for it you know and it's and i've talked to flight attendants and you know as you're boarding that plane that flight attendant is looking you up and down and judging you and trying to decide oh is this guy going to be a problem (laughs) that's right and you know who are my problem children on this flight absolutely who's going to be who's going to be a problem who do i have to keep an eye on you know i mean it's to the point where passengers have to duct tape another passenger to the seat to stop them from freaking out or you have somebody trying to open a door now i in all the years that i've been flying and all the times that i've flown i've never encountered anything like that i never have no i haven't either um part of me kind of wants to see it (laughs) you know i mean just for the uh, but i've never had anybody freaking out on a plane now i've i've had people complaining about not having enough overhead space or where do i put my bag or stuff like that but i mean nothing nothing crazy like you see on some of these viral videos my worst was uh flying from dc back to boston and uh the turbulence was so bad people were using the bags yeah. Right. Like, and there were three or four people, and that was enough. And I, I'm not a good. I don't like to be around people throwing up. That's not. Yeah, I'm not. It's, it's not my thing. Because it, it's a, yeah. it's a trigger, and it was like three or four people. You could hear it, and I'm like, yeah. oh god, get me off this aircraft. All right, Bob, Eric, I'll get to you guys first after traffic and weather next six forty five. Brown. on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. We're talking about the airport and what a pain. And and this whole idea of weight distribution, I'm not buying it. It's just a money grab. You're a couple pounds over on the check-in bag. I just don't buy it. And my question is, uh, you got to work around to this? Have you been the guy that held up the line? Let's start with Bob on the parkway. So, Bob, you're driving people back and forth to the airport. You You got a tip for us. Absolutely. Uh, I just dropped someone off now, and the issue came up about luggage. 
The woman had an empty pillowcase, a zipper pillowcase. And what she does, she's worried it's going to go over. You're allowed to bring a pillowcase on the plane. So if her weight is over, she takes stuff out, puts it right in the pillowcase. The, the, that is fantastic, Bob. The, wait, the second thing is people have, you're allowed CPAP machines on, on the plane. So people, even though they're not on CPAP, has the, have the case to put a mask in there and they'll load it up with stuff because that's not weight either. And the third, the third thing is, <laughs> the love third it. thing is about seats. What you do is all seats are different prices, okay? So if right. you want to say a little bit, seat, so what you do is right before you board, you go onto the app, you see what seats are empty, and I do this myself. I'll see that seven A and B are open. I'm in twenty nine. We'll just sit down as long as it's not an exit seat or first class. The flight attendants have no clue. Another great tip! Wow. Bob, you got to write a, a a short story or a book on this and publish it. Airline tips that you've learned from heavy travelers. I don't know. I got to digest that. I like the seat thing, um, but don't they? I mean, that only would work if you know you've got a flight that is not full. But exactly. I mean, you roll your dice. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. Right before you board, okay, those seats are open. I you tell check my wife, it. Let's sit down. Oh, that's and funny. If they say something. If they do say something, it's a senior moment, I tell them. Okay. Right, yeah, oh, sorry, right. Yeah, but I, I love the pillowcase idea because you're right. People come on with the neck braces and the pillowcases, and why not? Why not stuff it with clothes? That's funny. All right, man, thank you, Bob. Be safe today on the roads. Appreciate you. Let's go to Eric in Morristown. All right, what's going on, Eric? You got a workaround for us? Good morning, Bill. No, just to vent and complain. I do a lot of overseas <laughs> traveling, and um, the carry-on situation is literally out of hand. I they The bigger carriers, such as United, have built larger overhead bins to accommodate everybody. But I, I you, you, you can't believe the, the size of these carry-ons now. And I've trained myself over the past two years to travel light, and I'm lucky enough to leave stuff overseas. So I literally almost have nothing. So people will come and take my bin, which is fine. But then in an eight-hour flight, they're constantly going up and down and leaning over you. And it's just its really, really annoying. I don't know how they get away with um, doing this. And it's all about on-time arrivals and departures. But that's even a joke. Yeah, but Eric, you're right. The, the on-time arrivals and departures. I, I can't remember the last time we were on time. I mean, it, and it has absolutely gotten worse. I mean, I was traveling all the time pre-lockdown and before I got into media, you know, now we go back 10 years, I was traveling, I mean, a week and a half, two weeks out of the month, you know, and, and a lot, lot, oftentimes to small airports. I did real estate training, worked for my friend Jim Weikert for many, many years. And, you know, these small airports were awesome because you're kind of almost driving up to the gate. And we were always on time, even in the most remote areas. Now, forget it. Forget it. And, and they, if, you, if yeah. you notice, the airlines will pad the timing on, on the printed itinerary. Right. Because they want to meet that on time. So they're never, they're never legit, those on-time uh, departures and arrivals, the ones that they print on the itinerary. Because they mostly meet those times when they even take off late and they can pick up the, the airspeed and make it up. They should be tracked by the time that my foot hits the airport after I walk off the jetway. That's the arrival. When I get off a plane, we're arrived. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I'm sure you're aware, you know, those flight attendants don't start making money till they close the door. They're not clocked until that door is closed. So it's in their best interest to get you on. I didn't know that. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. Flight attendants, the clock nope. doesn't start no kidding. the door shuts. All right, Eric. Uh, thanks for that. What a, what a tip. If you're a flight attendant, I'd love to hear from you. That uh, that seems to be completely unfair. Uh, but, you know, like everything in life, right? Life is not fair. Eric, thank you. Fly safe on your next trip. You take care. Happy Groundhog Day. 658. Hey, on the other side, I've got a, a doc going to join me. Uh, who knew this is still a thing? There's still groups out there requiring the COVID vax. Are you kidding me? And uh, he's got a, a twist on this and wants to shed some light on some folks that uh, that are fighting back, saying this is not right, and people are getting hurt. Uh, I want you to meet him. He's a Jersey doc on the side of the news, 658. Eric Scott with the news. Seven ten on New Jersey, 101.5. Good morning and happy Groundhog Day, in case you didn't get it. Parks Casino and Sportsbook, sponsor New Jersey Chime Time. want to thank uh, Parks Casino for that. Um, we have a lot to get to today, and we were talking about the, the uh, airlines, and I, I will get back to that because I, I think it's a, uh, it's a subject that really hits home for a lot of us. But first, I want to check in. I mean, and, and it's sort of uh, appropriate to hear that song twice because... It reminds me of Here We Go Again. A few years ago, we were talking about the, uh, ons- uh, the, the onslaught of COVID and then the lockdowns and the mandates. And what you may not know is here we are in 2024 and still we are dealing with the fallout from what happened over the past three years. And there are still folks pushing for mandated vaccines and ignoring the overwhelming number of folks that have reported injuries. Joining me now, my friend, Dr. Craig Wax, who is a Jersey doc, and he was one of the folks that helped us get through the insanity of the COVID lockdowns by staying consistent and speaking out on behalf of patients. And he's got a a, a movement that he's been leading and working with over the past few months and it's led to something for this february but i want to get his perspective and have him give it to you doc always good to talk to you welcome back oh thank you bill thanks to you and your talented team including uh, producer Kristen and your assistant sharon all all great people to work with um, thank you jersey 101.5 absolutely so doc let's start with a beacon um for the last uh, four years <laughs> of insanity insanity but but doc we're not out of it yet so first tell me what is happening are people still requiring the covid vax great so great question um you know we fought back against the government mandates the current administration had uh was trying to mandate every federal employee and every uh military person and what have you and it took it took two years 
literally, and fighting through the courts and the Supreme Court to overturn that. There were 400 colleges and universities that, without data, were forcing this to happen. Um, And there's actually groups um, like the one led by uh, Lucia Sinatra, um, No um, No College Mandates. Um, out of uh, California, um, and we've brought that number with um, political action and independent person action down to 70 colleges un- and universities that are mandating. But believe it or not, health institutions, like for um, hospital privileges for doctors and for nurses, nursing schools, med schools, are still mandating these genetic interventions without informed consent. So that's the so there's your setup. It's still being mandated if you're in the health care industry there are still some colleges so people here in 2024 are still subject to mandates that started back in 2021 and what i want to ask you doc is what is what are you hearing what have you seen tell me about the evidence of these adverse effects and about how many do you estimate how many people have been hurt Well, great question, and the estimates are are difficult to come by. We all know that the COVID models that the government used were completely flawed and erroneous from the start, and nobody's owned up or been held to task for it. But even in the the VAERS system, V-A-E-R-S, the uh, Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, there's been, over the last um, three years, there's been over 36,000, almost 37,000 deaths that are potentially directly attributable, 5,000 miscarriages, and these were, you know, pushed by OBGYNs and organized medicine for pregnant women to take these inflammatory experiments, more than 21,000 heart attacks, 28,000 um, uh, bits of myocarditis, which can be rather serious. I mean, it, it's not necessarily like a cold for your heart. It, it can cause lethal arrhythmias. Um, 69,000 people permanently disabled and more than 46,000 severe allergic reactions. And it's said that the VAERS system can underestimate by a power as much as 40. I mean, these numbers are likely more huge. I mean, everybody, Bill, everybody knows somebody that had a reaction, a problem. Actually, that's true. So now, now, Doc, let me ask you. So this, you, you, you are a, not just a doctor, but you are partnered with and working with other docs who are speaking out, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Joel uh, Walskog. So there are docs out there doing this. What is your goal? What are you trying to get accomplished now? Well, we're trying to make sure that every person knows that they have the right to informed consent that was taken away over the last 40 years. I mean, it took, it took hundreds of years to get it. And now, yeah. you know, um, people have said, well, geez, I have no rights. I guess I'll just have to do this or yeah. lose my job, lose my livelihood or not be invited to family events. So what we're trying to do is to make sure that everyone understands that they have the right to informed consent by law, that no one can experiment on you without your consent. It came out of World War II, Bill, if you think about it. I mean, that was one of the things that that came out of that. But the other thing that we're trying to do is we're trying to put a face on this. We're trying to, to, to make sure everybody understands what caused this and that you have the right to choose and you have the right to fight back. And if you've been injured, because there's a ton of people out there that have, that have been injured by this, and even up to three years later, 
I mean, there's been heart attacks and strokes right. and neurologic illness. And so we want everyone to know that there's hope and there's help and everyone can stand up and, and just say no. And Doc, as a symbol, you're doing shaveless February and you're asking people to text the word react to 50155 to not shave in February. And the website, if I'm right, is react19.org. Correct. REACT-19 was started a few years ago by Dr. Joel Walscott, who was a physician that was required to get the shots for hospital privileges, and he's been harmed by it. And there are a couple other talented folks um, that have joined him in this effort, and it's, it's been phenomenal and explosive. I mean, when you lend out a hand to say, hey, there's help and there's hope, if you think about it, all of these people that have been harmed have been told time and time again, your harms, your complaints, your concerns, your sickness, your loss of work, your loss of ability to conduct your life is, is meaningless, that there's right. no help, there's no hope, and the shots didn't cause it. And That's there's right. nothing worse than to be told that, so, that you're losing your mind. And, so Doc, and people in reality are more sane than, than legislators. Uh, that, there's no doubt about that. I want to thank you, Dr. Craig Wax. Please tag me on social media in, in a post today that I can then share with the audience. And uh, we're gonna, you're going to join me for the podcast, I think, in two weeks. Right. Don't shave for February. Post pics and tag Shaveless Feb. Donate to React 19. Text React to 50155. And 100% of the funds go to help Vax Injured. And tag three other people to come along because I love we're going to make this happen. Thank you, Doc. Got to let you go. We'll be talking soon. 718, Fast Traffic Instant Weather Next. All right. Seven twenty-three on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia. Hey, I want to thank Dr. Craig Wax. Uh, you can go to that website, React nineteen, and uh, follow me on social media. I will have it uh, posted later just to talk about uh, some of the mandates that are still out there and the fight to stop it. Um, but uh, let's step out of that for a moment and uh, check in with um, the human meteorologist Dan Zaro. So yes. Groundhog Day. You are having live. I'm watching you right now. You've got your phone at your ear. I'm, I'm tuned in live <laughs> to uh, Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, where uh, my colleague Phil has made his prediction. He has already. The president of the inner circle is making his big announcement right now. Can we hear it? Translating the Groundhoggies. I don't think I can play it on the air because. Yeah. I can hear. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know that I can play it on the air legally, though. Right, so, right. <laughs> yeah, there are there are some there are other issues at play. <laughs> I'm glad you can hear it. But <laughs> so, but we're gonna we're gonna get the real time live update. Yes, they're they're reading the scroll right the now. Scroll As is you being know, read. if he sees his shadow, that's six more weeks of winter. Winter, because he runs back in, he gets scared, right? I guess so, and then which never made sense to me because that would mean the sun. It would is be out. totally backwards. Okay, right. I'm not the only one. 
All right, it's very dramatic. The reading is very. The, the, there's the a man pause. in a top hat right now. By the way, the thank you for playing. I got you, babe, like over and over again this morning. It's totally appropriate I, I, in setting the mood for us we, here. It's in honor of you, Dan, because I know you love Groundhog Day. This is your favorite day. There's of the year. only one place in the world that's more dramatic than us, and it's these guys in the inner circle at Gobbler's they, Knob. They, they put on the top hats. They've got the white gloves. <laughs> that, like, like this is a very highbrow event in Punxsutawney, <laughs> Pennsylvania. I realize that the rest of you are hearing silence. We are all watching Dan Zarrow <laughs> holding his phone. Producer Kristen's looking at me like, and you know verdict? you're still on the... Oh, we have we, a verdict. We have the verdict from Punxsutawney Phil. Right, no like shadow early spring, says wow, the weather rodent. Oh, how about that? Very go. nice. Early spring. Completely bucking the trends of all meteorologists what? and long-range forecast so models out there. So now, does that mean you take the next six weeks off? Are you? Uh, oh, that sounds good to me. Right? You're, you're done now. You're out. Um, we do have to watch. Of course, uh, New Jersey has its own um, groundhogs. There's uh, Lady Edwina of Essex County. Essex County, County Edwina. That's a turtleback zoo. Um, and then there's another groundhog in, in Sussex County at, at Space Farms Zoo. The, the groundhog's called Stonewall, I, I think. That I, I've is heard still alive? that. I, yeah. I don't know if he's um, still alive. Milltown Mel does not exist this year. They couldn't find a suitable they couldn't replacement. Find Milltown yeah, Mel. Hiring That's a difficulties shame. there. I would like to help with that. Uh, maybe we'll set up a, a give, send, go, or a GoFundMe to. to uh, can you buy to a to find a Mel? And then you know, Staten Island Chuck is the other local one. Right. The the, the other one was killed by uh, that was ten years Mary ago. De Blasio. Remember that, was that? he 2014. dropped him. Yeah. Oh my God. What a shame. <laughs> and he, he never really owned up to that. Bill de Blasio never really came clean on that. This is true. Yeah, it was, the it was quite a traumatic event in the history of Groundhog Day right? and uh, shrouded in controversy, of course. You don't expect to have a death on Groundhog Day. No, and and yet the, the last Stonewall in Sussex County died just before Groundhog really? Day. And the last Milltown Mel also died just before Groundhog Day. Like it's a it's a scary time. If I if I were yeah. Essex Edwina, I, I would be scared leading up to the holiday. Like there's some conspiracy or something. I think you're right. Could be end of days. Yeah. All right. Well the verdict is in Punxsutawney Phil saw his shadow. Did not see shadow. Sorry, did not see his yeah, shadow. It's backwards. <laughs> I know I get all right. He did not see the shadow so that no means reason to hide early spring, spring. Is on the way. There you go. Thank you, Dan. Yep. Seven twenty seven Eric Scott with your news next Seven thirty nine on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio with you at ten o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls one 1015 Jill, you had a little issue with our Groundhog Day uh, rendition there. The I got no. you, babe. Uh, yeah, I well because I couldn't stop. 
uh, bobbing back we're and forth. We're always moving back and forth. Yeah, with the, uh, <laughs> we look like kumbaya. <laughs> I think you're right last year. Eric, I think we did. We repeated actual radio segments. It confused the audience so much, we decided not to do that this year. You remember that, Eric? Yes, I do remember that. I was thinking of going back to the videotape and, and see if we could play the entire show again. Oh, boy. I think we, yeah, we should right? make a really corny joke. Like, we're not going to bring back the muffin joke, but... No, no, muffin joke is say, dead. And then you just keep repeating that. And do know? it on a loop, yeah. yeah. Um, six more weeks of uh, winter and then spring. How about that? Like, that's it, early spring. Early spring. What does it really mean, though? Does it mean... Six weeks of winter, or does it mean like what does early spring mean? Are we done? Well, I don't know. That's a good I don't question. Know what it means either, right? It technically, I, is no one really knows what it means. That's a stupid thing about Groundhog Day. Well, yeah. Think about how ridiculous it is. Six more weeks of what? I don't. Right. Well, six more weeks of winter if he sees his shadow. But aren't we going to have six more weeks of winter regardless? Because. It's February? Well, on the calendar, that would be true. Dan keeps talking about the weather pattern is ripe for snow in February and March. I'm hoping for a big March snowstorm. I would love a big March snowstorm. Right? I love I love snow. Like I I I was disappointed. Am I the only one disappointed that he didn't see a shadow? Well, so if I, he yeah. sees his shadow, it's, it's six, six more, six weeks, more of weeks of winter. winter. Right. But it's always six more weeks of winter well, from it's February second. Like weather, that's what they're saying. I know because you get you're getting all worked up. And I'm all worked up now. You can tell, right? And then you're not going to want the daylight savings. Oh thing. God, that whole thing! And Don't even be started on we that. We can get you all worked up. This is great. Well, the good news is we have uh, all right. We have an expert uh, on the line. We're going to check in and find out for sure. Uh, Russ Einbinder in Milltown, who worked with now the late Milltown Mel. Morning, Russ. Happy Groundhog Day. Good morning, guys. Hi, right, Bill. Haven't talked to you in a couple of years. You actually were with us back in our Independence Day at our very first hot dog contest here. Russ, do yeah. you remember that? Wow. I have video of you doing that, Bill. If you ever want me to blackmail, you'll let me know. <laughs> I'm sure I'll see that in an ad someday. I, You know what's funny, Russ? If you remember, I was running against Rush Holt, and he and I were supposed to judge the contest. I know. Remember that? Oh God! I and we had the fire truck. That you know what? That was a great day. Yeah, anyway, it was a fun day. So what happened with Milltown Mill? Well, Mill, Mill passed away about a little over two years ago. Unfortunately, yeah. groundhogs do pass away. Yep, we've had a couple, and uh, we couldn't get one in time because they hibernate. Remember, right? So you can't really get one uh, in October. When I said right, but Russ, I didn't know that groundhogs hibernate. I I got to be honest. I am groundhog ignorant. I don't even know if I could pick a groundhog out of a lineup from a, from a, a you and your listeners a little bit at least. <laughs> I am I am not the true expert. The expert on this is the guy that started it. Our the local funeral uh, director for many years was Jer uh, Jerry Gutfine from yep. Johnson and Gutfine, and he went and saw the movie back in '92 or '93, whatever, with his wife. And I went to Pucks of Twenty the year after. and said we got to have this, and he worked at it for a while. He finally he got obtained a groundhog and the license you need to you know. Permit to show an exhibit and all that. Yeah, took care of it. And 2009, we started with a sort of small celebration, which was a nice size for a town our size. And it, it it grew over the years to where the county had to give us a big stage, this that, to where we had almost a thousand people every year coming to it. So it's amazing. It's, it's good. It's, yeah, amazing. it's amazing. So what what are we going to do about Milltown Mel? Can we can we get uh, another one? What can we do? Well, that's, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's all we're doing is asking you and everybody else in the media, you know, anybody, it has to be 
you know, one that they're not domesticated, they're technically wild animals, no matter what. Yeah. We need one from a legitimate breeder that, as of now, is in the Northeast. One of the things I'm doing is reaching out to one of the legislators I know mm-hmm. to see if we rescind this, this old uh, ordinance on the books in New Jersey that basically, I think it was around 2008, 2009, I have to check mm-hmm. the exact dates. There was a rabies vector, it's called, that was prevalent in the south of the United States. Yeah. So the kind of animals that, such as small mammals and other rodents, that you could bring in was severely limited and curtailed, and that included groundhogs, also known as woodchucks, by the way. They are the same thing, just so you know. How much wood can a woodchuck chuck? Uh, yeah, it's not even, it's actually a Native American term, woodchuck, or I believe, or something like that. It's not even, has nothing to do with so, wood. All right, so let me ask you this, Russ. So there's a limit on bringing the groundhogs in. Um, we're going to need to, now it's clear, we have to elect a governor in 2025 who favors uh, the freeing the groundhogs and making that easier. I, I promise you, any, any governor would do that, I'm pretty sure. I'm, pr- I'm and, pretty and sure. Get political so, Russ, let me ask you this. Can Is there a website that people can go to if they want to help in the search for the next Milltown Mel? At the moment, we have Milltown Mel, you know, two words, uh, on Facebook as a, uh, a police reach out. There's a messenger on there and things like that. You can go All right. Uh, if you guys tag me, I will share it. And and because I'd like I see I'm actually serious. Like it would be great to get Milltown Mel back and next year have Groundhog Day here in Jersey. Um, in because well, I mean that's not even yeah you're right right it'd be great it's just that yeah. all right but so Russ you know I we want to do it again all right let's do it and and uh, are you guys still doing the Fourth of July parade? Absolutely, you're always welcome to visit. I love it. I, I'm going to make a plan to be there this year. Thank you, Russ. We'll be in touch. I appreciate you. Thanks for uh, the trip down memory lane 20 years ago, judging that hot dog contest. Good God, that was horrible. I'll share you that story on the other side. Nine at uh, seven forty-five. Fast driving instant weather next. Seven fifty-five on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Good morning, I am Bill Spadia. Happy Groundhog Day! So the groundhog in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, did not see his shadow, so he was hanging around for a little bit. So in six, I think it means in six weeks we'll have spring, or maybe we'll have six more weeks of winter. And truthfully, if we had six more weeks of winter. 
it would still be in early spring because that puts you at about March 15th. So either way, um, the groundhog has spoken. So question for you, I'd like to get back to what we were talking about earlier. Oh, I told you I would share this quick story with you. Um, I did 20 years ago. <laughs> I judged this hot dog eating contest <clears throat> at in Milltown. Now, Milltown has this unbelievable 4th of July parade. And 20 years ago, I decided to throw my hat in the ring and run for Congress in Central Jersey, the old 12th District. And uh, I was asked to judge this contest. And I have to tell you, food challenges are among the grossest things you can watch. I don't watch it on TV, but let me say this. Watching it up close and personal and people with the with dipping the rolls in the water and slurping the roll down and eating the hot dogs. Like, I have an issue with uh, choking on food. Like, I, I, I'm... Very careful. And when our kids were growing up, like making sure there were no fish bones if they were eating something or just like all of that. To It was a jarring experience to watch people shoveling hot dogs down their throats. I want to ask you if you've ever done it. Now, that one I judged. Then years later, as you know, I was off a pork roll for, I don't know, five or six years because I participated in a food eating challenge. So my question to you is, have you ever done that? And have you ever watched one in person, judged it, or participated in a food challenge? And did you have a similar experience to me where after doing it, you can never look at that food ever again? For me, it was pork roll. That's a shame, and I miss it. 1-800-283-101.5 is my number. 7.57 is the time. News is next with Eric Scott. It's 8.09 on New Jersey 101.5. I want to thank Parks Casino and Sportsbook for sponsoring New Jersey Chime Time every morning, every hour on the show. It is Groundhog Day. Uh, Quick side note, Eric. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you know, I am totally hooked on this Twitter account, Morbid Knowledge. It's at Morbid Full. So they've got, this is unbelievable. They've got a, the last tweet. I'm just going to read this. On October 11th, 2006, Davy Lee Niles vanished after leaving a bar in Byron Township, Michigan. His family searched for answers, finally lost all hope in 2011, and published a, an obituary for the 72-year-old. Fast forward to 2015, while decorating a tree for Christmas outside of a funeral home, Brian Houseman was on a lift and spotted a car submerged in a pond. Ugh. They found him. But here's the, the the interesting thing. They went to Google Maps, and you can see the car submerged. Like the Google image wow. captured it. There was another one they posted yesterday where a body was found because someone went to find their old address on Google and went to, like, Google Earth and the satellite yeah, pictures yeah. and noticed something in the pond next to the house, called the cops. Like, you know, he was living in Jersey. This is a house in Florida. He's like, hey, I think there's a car in the pond. It solved the 22-year-old missing person's wow. case. Wow, that's crazy. Isn't that wild? Now, not there's no segue from that to the U.S. Senate race, but I, I actually want to ask you about that. Or maybe it is with the Republican prospects, if they keep doing the same thing they've been doing for the last 50 years. Maybe it is appropriate. Um You've got Tammy Murphy, 
and Andy Kim. Now, Andy Kim, Kim is the congressman in the 3rd District. He came to power after defeating Tom MacArthur, mm-hmm. and, um, which, which really surprised a lot of people. This, this guy came kind of out of nowhere, Andy Kim. Yeah. Um, but he's leading Tammy Murphy in the polls. Is, and what's interesting about it is that Tammy Murphy has much bigger name recognition among Democratic voters than Andy Kim. Yet Andy Kim is leading her in the latest FDU poll by 12 points. Now that tells me that we've seen this in polling. If someone has the name ID but they're not getting traction, people don't like them. And that is what, you know, when you break out this poll and you take a look at, you know, favorability ratings, um, Kim has the advantage there. 24% say they strongly approve of him. And for Tammy Murphy, that's only 13%. So they wow. know her. Yeah. They just don't like her. They don't like her. Yeah. So uh, too early to predict. I mean, with polling, it's it's early. This is an FDU poll. And, you know, I mean, who knows? What's their margin of error? Four points? Uh, let me see what they have here. Four and a half points. Uh, yeah, four and a half points. All right. So it could go either way. <clears throat> but but he's got a commanding lead. I mean, double digits. Are they both under 50? Like, what, what, are, the, where, what are the numbers? I didn't see it yet. Uh, let's see. The, you have, well, let's look at the name recognition for a second here first. 68% of primary voters say they know who she is. Only 52% for Kim. Now, that's still half. I mean, it, but it's, yeah. you know, to your point, um, it's you're looking at yeah nobody's at fifty percent right yeah. yeah nobody is at fifty percent um, and how many undecideds? There's a pretty significant portion of undecideds right now because so he's going to raise money. Yeah, he will. He's yeah. going. I mean, thirty one percent of the vote yeah. that is still undecided. What has he raised so far? Do you know? I haven't seen his latest reporting. He's um, not as prolific as uh, Josh Gottheimer. Josh Gottheimer, that guy is a money he is raising a money machine. machine. Yeah. He's got like yeah. he's got like yeah. fifteen million bucks in his account, and um, yeah. and I think he did that so he can push Mikey Sherrill out of the way for uh, the potential nomination for governor in twenty five. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, I think Josh is going to run. He's still positioning. Well, he tackles so many statewide issues. I mean, every press conference and yep. news release he yep. sends out. It's about a local issue. It's not about a federal issue. Yeah, so, I mean, he's been I telegraphing mean, that what you do. for a long time. I mean, if you want to, you're talking about raising money, too. I mean, look at look at Rob Menendez, you know, the son of he's the in indicted trouble. senator. Um, he's in a lot of trouble right now. I mean, it, he. you're going to see a lot in this election. One of the things that I, I'm watching, I'm sure you probably are as well, is whether you have some of these county organizations that have lost some of their power on both sides of the aisle. You would have thought that if the Hudson County Democratic Organization was backing a candidate, that it was pretty much a done deal. Usually is. Yeah. But you have Hoboken Mayor Ravi Bala that jumped into this primary and in two months at the end of 2023 raised nearly a million dollars. That's almost yeah. three times as much yeah. as Menendez Jr. has raised. Yeah. Um, so there's that's going to be a very interesting primary. Money is probably what's going to come down to the Kim and Murphy primary, too. I mean, Kim can raise some money, but he, he doesn't have the connections through Governor Murphy that First Lady Tammy Murphy is going to have if Murphy's full fundraising um, machine gets behind her. So, you know, and again, as you pointed out, it's it's a lifetime between now and the primary. Um, and that can swing a lot of voters. Yeah, I mean, you've got all of February, March, April, and May. I mean, so you're talking about four months and a few and a week. 
And I, I, you know, yeah, it's a lifetime of politics. But on the Republican side, I think there are uh, seven or 12, seven to 12 candidates. Now, many of them are not going to be real, uh, but but you've, you've got a crowded field starting to build. The question is, which one of the Republicans can top, I mean, let's see one of them top $100,000 before we start talking about a million. Well... Yeah, I mean, that has been one of the Achilles heels of almost any Republican campaign is that you just don't have a party organization behind you no. that can help you raise the kind of money yeah. that is needed um, to to run a competitive race in New Jersey. And, and that's we saw that in the last legislative elections. Um, we've seen it even on the local level where, yeah. you know, you, you in some cases, the national the statewide party is a hindrance rather than a help. In yeah. some of these races, I, I, with with the Republicans, there's no question. I mean, they they uh, they can't get out of their own way, and uh, and it, a hindrance in the sense of people have have looked at it and say, well, that's completely they're completely incompetent. So how do you have faith? And then there's no publicity. So the can you know with the Democrats, they're not on their own. Somebody's going to catch some steam, and the organization will promote them. And I think that's why also you've got higher name ID for a guy that is a, a, a South Jersey congressman right. with an opportunity to be a statewide candidate. Doesn't happen often. Yeah. All right. Uh, other side, I want to ask you again. Can we let's go back to the airport thing? I, I was reminded as Jill Myra came in to get ready for her traffic report. I'm like, right, we had the whole situation with the luggage. And uh, are you headed to the airport now? And have you ever been the guy? That held the line up because you had to start pulling stuff out of your suitcase. This has happened to me, oh, I don't know, three or four times at least. I am typically the guy that everybody behind me is annoyed at because I tried to pack in a little extra. And then I'm like, well, I, maybe I can save the 100 bucks. I can disperse the weight among other bags I'm carrying. 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. 817 is the time. I'm pretty sure you know what's next. Day 24 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. I almost forgot it's Friday. Jill Myra, only you would come back from vacation to work one day on a Friday. <laughs> I, I <laughs> well, mean, I I'm did... looking at producer Kristen this morning. We're like, hey, Jill's back. I saw your car because I had to, yeah. I was enjoying, not, not that we didn't miss you and we love when you're here, mm -hmm. but you park... Oh in the worst spot so when when you beat me here yeah i have to go around your car to park it's not that bad people he it's he's making it's just it's it's a, a it's a little thing it's a little thing <laughs> you park on the curb and so are you yeah but that, but i i i turn around i come the same way every morning okay. i do the same thing mm -hmm. and i i do that loop around okay and i i feel like i wonder if every once in a while someone pulls in they see me doing that like do they think i'm turning around to follow them yeah, because be. he he does this loop like right? it's it's pretty uh, extreme. Because I'm facing Especially the wrong the way. Hour of the morning that we all come in. Exactly. <laughs> so I so when you're not there, I just coast right in and I can park and oh, there's no turning, like, there's no moving. Well, sometimes when you're there, I got to go around your car. Oh, I thought. And it was aggravated this morning. That's all. <laughs> 
Chris Rollins parks on the curb too. Oh, she comes she, after she, you. She, Chris Rollins from our sister yeah, station PSD comes rolling in like a bolt of lightning. She's got, but like, like she comes in at like six. We're all this way in the morning, and right? and Bill and the, yeah. If I you, see Bill's you, car, I'm like, oh. What no, time I'm is late. your first traffic report? Um, well, I do some, I do some other, I'm one of the other, have to, yeah. So like five forty-five, yeah. right. So I've sometimes watched you rolling at five forty-four, <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and, and like the lights are still on. You're running. I see you run into the door. Uh, there's prep work that goes on. Yeah, before. So, yeah, so you weren't here all week and I will admit, uh, I mean, by day four, I'm like, you know, I kind of like this easy parking. I just, you, I just coast right and up. I, I heard no you people turning. Were falling apart without me. Kristen said that there was a spill in the kitchen. Oh, uh, we had it. It was a nightmare. If Jill was here. She would have cleaned it up. We, we thought you would have helped us. Yes, we thought you would. And, and you were not here, so we just put up floor wet signs. <laughs> we just put up the caution signs. We're like, no one's here to actually clean the water up. Oh, oh my God! No. All right, the weekend is here. Question for you. What's, uh, what's on tap for your weekend? I want to remind you, and I'm going to ask producer Kristen to send this out, um, that tomorrow night, Saturday, February 3rd, from 7 to 11 p.m., there is an event at the Manasquan Elks on Stockton Boulevard in Manasquan for the Acker family. Um, uh, as you know, state police trooper Sean Strong, uh, I'm sorry, Sean Acker, is uh, um, has a debilitating situation that happened to him from a complication and an infection that he got from surgery, had uh, his wife on last week. The event is to raise money for a handicapped accessible van for Sean. We are obviously standing up strong for our state trooper families. And if you want to help the Acker family and uh, Trooper Acker, please Email right now, Sean, that's S-E-A-N, Sean Strong, 6889, Sean Strong, 6889, at gmail.com, and they'll send you a link for the event tomorrow night. We're raising money to uh, so the family can afford a handicap accessible van for uh, this uh, hero state trooper. Okay, uh, on the other side, uh, I have... Um, I have a special hashtag Blue Friday for you, and I'll get to your calls about what you're doing this weekend. Greg, we'll get to you first after hashtag Blue Friday, which is after the news, which is next with Eric Scott. New Jersey 101.5 presents Blue Friday with Bill Spadia. Thanks to our sponsor, Jobs for Blue, the leading New Jersey provider of side job scheduling. For many years now, we've been honoring local police officers and the duties they perform on behalf of the rest of us. Today, I want to recognize two heroes in the Toms River Police Department in Ocean County who have faithfully served for the past decade plus. In a unique twist, one of today's honorees is a critical support person, even though she is not a police officer. As members of any strong, capable, effective police department know, leadership and communication matter. Captain Mike Miller has served the community in Tom's River leading officers for the past 28 years. He's got a master's in criminal justice, served 17 years on the SWAT team, 25 years in the color guard, and faithfully served our nation, 22-year member of the United States Army Reserve. Our second honoree started her nearly 10-year career with the Tom's River PD as a volunteer for the first two years. My friend Jillian Messina developed the community affairs program for the department, developed and handled all their social media platforms and websites. This is a friendly, outgoing, professional 
responsible for bringing in more than $600,000 in charitable contributions and is heavily involved as a member of the Tom's River Police Foundation. Joining me now is Tom's River Lieutenant Gene Bachonsky, uh, who wanted to honor these two heroes with us. Lieutenant, welcome to New Jersey 101.5. How are you? Good morning, Bill. I am well. Thank you for joining me. So let, let's first talk about Captain Mike Miller. How long have you known him, and what uh, what did his service mean to the department as he heads into retirement? Uh, well, you took all my notes, so you talked about all the great <laughs> stuff that he has done. <laughs> uh, Sorry about that. I do that once in a while. My apologies. He well, he well. Uh, yeah, he's been with the agency for 28 and a half years, so his badge number was 268. And we're up to 475. So he's seen wow. 207 officers that have been uh, hired since, since him. Yeah. And he just gave so much. So, so that SWAT team, that ESU team you were talking about, uh, yeah. he was on for 17 years. He worked all the way up to being the commander of that team for wow. two years. And then same thing with Color Guard. He was on the Color Guard at the parades, at funerals, uh, marching. And he was actually the commander of that for 10 years. Wow. Uh, I worked with him personally. He was in charge of the administration bureau. And uh, I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored to say that I was able to work with him professionally and personally because he was really a, a great job, a, a great leader and a great guy. That's fantastic to hear. Uh, it's, an, it's, uh, it's an honor just to talk about guys like that that contribute so much and mean something to so many. I'm sure each of the guys that he worked with has a story about him and uh, the impact that he had. All right, let's talk about uh, our second honoree, Jillian Messina. How long have you known her? What did, what did, what did her service mean to the department? Uh, so she uh, helped form the community affairs uh, program. So Chief Little had an insight to start this program up, uh, and I was one of the leads on it. And we worked together uh, for numerous years building that program. She's a graphic designer. And so uh, she was a fantastic resource for everything. She, uh, as you said, she runs, she created, posted, and monitored all of our social media, our website, uh, heavily involved in the Tom's River Police Foundation. Uh, and being that graphic designer, number one, just having all of the fantastic ideas that she had, but all of our events with Coffee with a Cop, Police Camp, Jingle Bell Run, National Night Out, yeah. all of that, every piece of media and... Uh, poster and everything flyer that you see Jillian created yeah. and I wouldn't be able to do that but it really was able to get our message out to the public in a positive way I, I think and that's part of the message this morning that you know politicians need to hear this and understand that a police department is it's a dynamic entity and you need all things you need the leadership you need the guys on the ground you need the dispatchers you need the communication it's it, it comes together and works as a functioning team and you know you need every part yeah, I mean, she was part of our, yeah. our police family. And yeah. uh, she was the type of person that literally would drop anything yeah. she was doing. When I said, I need something, but not right now, she's like, nope. And she would throw everything off her desk and say, let's go. And she yeah. would help. Uh, yeah. Her and Captain Miller are, are definitely going to be missed. Yeah, two uh, two great people. And uh, with, with Jillian's job going away, uh, it's, uh, it's a shame. Uh, she should be serving another 10 years with the department. Hopefully uh, things will change. Over the next year, we'll see. But uh, but I, I appreciate you, Lieutenant. Thank you for your service. Thank you for joining me to congratulate Jillian Messina on a, a great run with the uh, Towns River PD and Captain Mike Miller on an incredible career as he mo moves into retirement. Appreciate you and best to uh, Chief Mitch Little and all the guys at, uh, at the Towns River PD. 
It is a uh, pleasure talking to you, and have a great morning. All right, you take care. That is Lieutenant Gene Bachonsky. Um, you know, and uh, look, for Hashtag Blue Friday, it's important to recognize all of the components. And one of the things, I'll just say this on a personal note with my friend Jillian Messina. Uh, she was the reason we started, we added our 911 dispatchers into our Hashtag Blue Friday um, uh, promotion because she said you got to see what they're doing behind the scenes that they never get the recognition and I want to thank Jillian for bringing that to my attention uh, and and say this to all the political leaders out there that think it's okay to um, make massive budget cuts and score political points to try to balance budgets on the backs of our hero cops and the staff that supports them uh, not a smart move not a move in the interest of public safety. And I encourage every politician to think uh, twice, three times, maybe more if you need it, before you go after the cops. Take a long look at the bureaucracy in your towns before you do anything when it comes to our law enforcement heroes. Every town across New Jersey, every person across this state needs to stand up back the blue and understand that we will never get to a place of liberty and prosperity unless we can absolutely fortify and secure that blue line. And that starts right here on this show and we will continue to honor our police officers and I will continue to stand up to these wayward politicians that think that they can just uh, use politics to score points at the expense of our cops. That line stops right here. Back the blue. Thank you for all of the heroes at the Toms River Police Department and all the cops, state troopers, prosecutors, sheriff's offices, all of you, uh, corrections officers, dispatchers, all of you that do everything every day to stand up for the rest of us. 846, Fast Traffic Instant Weather Night. It's 8.53 on New Jersey, 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia. Hey, I do want to thank uh, my good friends at Jobs4Blue. That's jobs4blue.com. They are the leading New Jersey provider of side job scheduling. Uh, my uh, my friend Guy owns his company. And I have to tell you, uh, just, you know, we've worked together uh, for uh, years. I, I attend his events and, and meet with a lot of his clients and work with them and Jobs for Blue. If you're, you know, when you when you uh, think about cop scheduling and side jobs and all the, the the insanity that surrounds it with payment, etc., you got to be organized. And Jobs for Blue is the they are the leading provider. They get it. They do it efficiently and effectively. And I appreciate that Jobs for Blue uh, sponsors hashtag Blue Friday. Now on the Blue Friday note, 
Uh, I'd love to give you a chance to honor those family members, friends, somebody you want to shout out who works in law enforcement uh, or um, our veterans. I mean, we heard from uh, some great folks already this morning, and uh, I want to give you a shot. Let's start with Christopher in Barnegat. Christopher, you've got sons in the, uh, who are police officers, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have one in Cherry Hill. I think he's there eight years. He's on. The, he's been on the SWAT team for seven years. He's also the training officer for the whole Cherry Hill Police Department. He saved. He saved. He brought. Uh, he saved three lives. Brought them back to life by giving CPR. Wow. And my and my younger son's twenty two years old, right out of high school. Seventeen years old. Went to the army. He's uh, active reserve now, and he's uh, also a Lakewood, New Jersey police officer. And my middle son, Chris, he did uh, three years in uh, Seattle City, and uh, he left there to go to UPS, and I'm very proud of all my three sons. Christopher, let me ask you a question. Were you a police officer? I was in New York City. You know, and boy, it's different now, right? you got to be super proud of your three guys. Man, that's amazing. How many years did you serve at the NYPD? I, I, I did, like, I got, uh, I got off on disability. I did uh, 12 years. Yeah. And was it always part of the conversation around the house that that your sons wanted to be cops? Was it was it a surprise to you or no? No, no. Uh, my my older son's now thirty two years old. Um, he always you know always wanted to be a cop. He saw me always in uniform, and um, you know my my other two sons just just followed along. Uh, yeah, their big brother. You know? That's great. And, uh, what what are their first names, Chris? One is Chris. What are the other two? Well, Chris is uh, UPS. There's Douglas, the older one, and John Carlo is my younger one. That's it. Douglas and John Carlo. Well, thank uh, thank yeah. them on behalf of all of us here at New Jersey 101.5. Thanks for shouting them out, Christopher. Appreciate you. All right. You want to shout out someone that's in your family in law enforcement? And sidebar to that, are you encouraging your kids to become police officers? Are you disappointed if they do it? Are you worried for them? Or are you one of those parents who's saying, you know what, I'm not going near that? Let's go to Greg in Southampton. What's going on, Greg? Good morning. Bill, how are you? Uh, Greg Sobosinski. I'm a candidate for Congress in the 3rd District. Oh, Greg, you were at our event yesterday. Yeah, wonderful. I, I really appreciated it. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a great event. And uh, I took to heart many of the things you said because they are, they are so true. Um, uh, down here in this district, it's a winnable district, but if you can't get out the vote, yeah, um, with candidates who can win, it's a uh, it's a difficult task. Yeah, I, you know, Greg, uh, what inspired you to run for Congress? Because there there is a certain amount of public service in in the idea that if you run for the right reasons and get elected, you know, we talk about police officers and veterans, and I wish we had more politicians that understood public service instead of uh, you know lining their own pockets and and making it good for them instead of us. Yeah, I. I... I've lived in this district for a long time, and uh, several years ago, I would never have considered doing this, but things have gotten so bad. Yeah. I uh, lived here 38 years in this district, raised eight kids in three different townships. Wow. Uh, three, three of the sons are in the service right now. That's great. Uh, active and one reserve. What, what, what branch? Two in the Army and one in Coast Guard out in the Southeast Asia, wow. actually. Eight kids? Greg, I could do a whole show on that. Well, it's uh, it's it's been it's been wonderful. It's been absolutely well, look, wonderful. But but I'm thinking about their futures. That's yeah, of course. I, I get it. Well, look, best to your sons. What's your website, Greg? If people want to check you out, votesobo.com. dot com. B o t e s o b o dot com.
VoteSobo, S-O-B-O dot com. Awesome. All right, Greg, I hope to see you another red. Thanks for participating yesterday. Yeah, we had our uh, fourth Women for Common Sense luncheon. Four sellouts in a row. It was a great day yesterday. 858, uh, your call's coming up. Let's honor law enforcement. You got kids in law enforcement, brothers, siblings, uh, sisters, uh, uh, cousins, friends, parents. Let's shout them out and give them, uh, show them our appreciation. 1-800-283-101.5-858. Eric Scott with your news next. Nine ten on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning and happy Groundhog Day. Producer Kristen, you're right. How, how sick of you, uh, how sick of this song are you right now? Very. Right? Very much so. We're actually getting app chats. I didn't even tell you. Oh, people I don't angry? want to tell you. What are They're they like, saying? Can you please stop? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> My response is happy Groundhog Day. Happy Groundhog Day. Like exactly. A gift of Bill Murray, you know? So we, um, beyond Groundhog Day, we had a situation with Jill. I was talking about Jill being out mm-hmm. and uh, we had a situation with the flood. And she wasn't here, so our our best solution was to put up the big signs that said, hey, there's water on the floor. We did do that, yeah. Um, But then uh, Chris, from our sister station, PST, Mm -hmm. pointed something out that happened. We don't know when it happened. Correct. Eric, you'll be interested to hear this. You know how we have boxes. So our friend Peter from the Ewing Diner, to Mm -hmm. give the full backstory, brings breakfast every morning, which Mm -hmm. we love. Thank you, Peter. Delicious French toast today. Great. All good. And there are utensils that the company actually provides for us, which is very nice. I mean, it's a very generous, it's not a stock option, but it's a plastic fork and knife. So each, there are three shelves. One has the forks, one has the knives, one has the the, um, spoons. spoons. Right. So instead of taking the box out, somebody Mm -hmm. has been burrowing into the boxes, like clawing them apart to scoop the plastic silverware right. out. It looks like have you, you haven't rolling. seen this yet. I have you got to see it. It looks like we have a yeah. critter. Yes, that's what it looks like. Like a groundhog. Definitely not what it is, but it says well, someone there, punched through the box. I'm confident it's not a critter because there's no poop. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. you know, if you have like field mice, or you have so you're going to have they're going to be droppings. Probably should have said droppings first, but right. you get the point. So it's a it's a human. Yes. Supposedly. So I'm thinking, judging by your face, Eric, it is not you. It would not be me. And no. we have pretty good accountability on Kathy, our board op, because she's pretty much behind the board. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know it's I, it's got to be a guy. Do we know this is happening in the morning? Well, that's, a valid. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. I think we would have noticed. It, it, was, it wasn't me. When was the first time we noticed this? Well, I just noticed it today because... Chris Rollins came out. She's like, yeah. she actually walked me over. She's like, you have to see this. I'm, I'm upset about this. Yes, she is. Yeah. She was angry mm-hmm. because it look, it's, it's just like, it's savage. It's just this, this paper scraps yeah. and it's lazy. Also, yeah, what it is. There's so a- we don't know yeah. who, who it is, but I speculated and there was some agreement among the PST staff that it, I could be right. Well, who? Interesting. Well, <laughs> careful. I and now, and now I don't. I, I suggested it could be Dan Alexander. Oh. I'm not picking on Dan. No, I don't think that's a Dan thing. We 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 threw out another name 
Who and else I, do you I think? won't, but I will say what department. We're thinking someone in sales. That's what I was going to say. Think of That's sales. why I wanted to know. Did did this happen first on Wednesday when the sales folks when, were here? Yeah, when, I wasn't picking on Dan. I'm just thinking, you know, he's he always has breakfast. He has a routine. And, you know, it's possible he was aggravated that there were no utensils. Jill, what, Jill's what Jill hiding think? because she, can you, you want to make your comment? No. Jill, who do you think it was, Jill? Well, Jill, Jill thinks it's not Dan Alexander because she doesn't think he could reach the shelf. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Jill. Come on, Jill. Gee, she comes back and is throwing bombs. Maybe it's she comes. I'm thinking maybe it's the new guy. Who's the new guy? Well, let's call him. Oh, Sam, the new guy. Oh, air quotes, air quotes, Sam. We'll call him Sam. You think? You think he's maybe some kind of corporate lesson? This didn't happen before he got here. You know, I didn't think of that. That's an interesting thought. Could it be the new guy? Mm. And is he sending a message? Is there like some kind of a who moved my cheese message in this whole thing? It's like, don't don't be next. Right? Oh, you think it's like a threatening mess? Like it's a... I was thinking it was a coachable moment to show us what what it's like without order and structure and someone just taking the time to remove the box from the shelf, take out the utensils and put the box back. Instead, we're ripping the box open. Now I don't want any of those utensils because See, that's the other thing. Hand They've all been touched. Hand. They've well, all been touched. Someone's touching every utensil the now. The funny part is, is that inside the box is a is a plastic bag. So they had to rip through the utensils. So there's like layers you have to go through before it, it you pull out It seems like it would be harder to yeah. rip through the box. Now, if you're, let's say you're you're a shorter person, you're reaching up. Is it two hands? Oh. oh boy. See? Yes. Or was it one hand in desperation? <clears throat> I need a fork because the French toast is here. I got to rip the box to get Does it. I don't know. only happened to us because <laughs> I feel like. No, I think, I you know, I, I'm sure every corporate kitchen how is your company's kitchen? Yeah. How, what is going on in your company kitchen that you just wish you didn't know about or you can't unsee? 1-800-283-101.5-915. Fast traffic instant. When the next? Bro. Nine twenty-three on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Good morning, I am Bill Spadia. So, just a quick update. I heard from Dan Alexander. He has been wrongfully accused. He actually said, uh, "If it don't rip, you must acquit." It wasn't Dan, but so we're narrowing it down. We still don't know, and and the situation is somebody's been going into the cabinet and ripping holes in the boxes of plastic utensils instead of taking out the box. And moving the utensils. We don't know. Someone will own up. It got me thinking, what's your office cafeteria, office kitchen situation? Is it a mess? Is it awkward? Let's go to Jim and Jackson. Yes, good morning. Um, no, really, it was a very embarrassing situation. What I happened, actually, Jim? I, I, I ate someone else's lunch. A really nice girl... <laughs> 
Uh, wait, out front. wait, Jim, you said it was an embarrassing situation. Did you know it was someone else's lunch or did you think, oh, maybe I did bring my lunch today after all? No, no, my, my wife would make my lunch. Uh, not to sound chauvinistic, but it was always in a plastic bag. And the sandwich was wrapped in a tin foil. And I thought it was mine. I, I really did. And uh, it was very embarrassing. What was it? But, what did you eat? Tuna fish. So, <laughs> so now, Jim, after you ate the sandwich, did you realize it wasn't yours? Like, does your wife leave a note in there for you? Is there like, is it like, you know, you, at what point did you say, wait a minute, wait a minute? When, when she came back and said, who ate my lunch? Oh. Yes. <laughs> so, I, but, what did you say? Well, I looked at the bag and said, well, I, I realized that hey, the bag was brown, and that was it was me. It, it was, was she mad at you? Oh, oh, you know, there's there's certain women that uh, are beautiful, and when you cross them, it's like any other uh, Iranian uh, militant. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I have to say, I don't know that I've heard anyone. Make that analogy, but okay. We're gonna we're gonna go with uh, beauty to militant over a tuna sandwich. I you have painted the appropriate picture, Jim. So she was pissed. Now wait, did you offer her your lunch? Uh, no. I went went one better than that. What'd you uh, do? By the way, she held up my plant, my brown bag, and I was trying to tell everybody else that was witnessing uh, the debacle was. Look, I'll buy you lunch. I'll go out now and buy you lunch. Just let me know where I can go and what I can get you. It's on me. I, you know, I apologize. This was my. So did it? Did it calm down the 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 uh, the angry hater? Was she calm? Uh, no, she hated me forever after that. Seriously, I was, I was over I was a tuna sandwich. I got to be honest with you, Jim. That's a her problem, not a you problem. Get over the sandwich, right? People make mistakes. Well, yeah, just like you uh, with the Boston hat. Right. You got to get you... rid of that hat. Uh, it finally, it finally, I finally did it. It, it. it actually eventually just fell apart. As you know, you wear a baseball hat long enough, it fell apart. So I've traded the Boston hat for a um, Port Authority... Uh, uh, oh. Port Authority... No, 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 the detective's hat. Look, I stand with the cops no matter where they serve. All right, Jim, got to jump. Hey, good to talk to you, man. Hey, Jim, well, you, know, you know what I was going to ask? That's too late. I was going to ask, what's for lunch today? But I, that was just selfish. I, I'm, just, I'm just hungry. So I'm thinking, I wonder if Jim has tuna in his sandwich today. I think it's awesome his wife packs his lunch. Man, that's, I love that. All right, Julie, I'll get to you first on the other side of the news. Next.
939 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio with you till 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey. Taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. Julie, before I get to you, we're talking about the um, ridiculous cafeteria stuff that happens at the office. Eric, uh, another um, interesting social media site. You know, I'm hooked on Morbid Knowledge. Mm-hmm. I just uh, inadvertently stumbled upon someone sent me a note from an account called Wasted on Instagram. <laughs> like you need another one. I Like I need another distraction. Now, this happened in Turkey. Uh, I'm going to read you the headline. Uh, quote, missing drunk man spent hours helping a search party look for himself. Behan Mutla, a 50-year-old from a rural area, had gone off to a nearby forest after a night of drinking with friends and failed to return. Concerned for his well-being, friends alerted authorities, triggering a search and rescue. During the search, the party repeatedly called out Mutla's name until a man from within the group unexpectedly spoke up and said, Who are we looking for? I'm here. (laughs) It's classic. So that happened. So Mutla is our, I think I need this to be a thing. Like, is it, is it um, distraction of the week? Is it like, I think there's a thing here. Yeah. There has to be a thing. Because Mutla, like I want to give Mutla an award because it was a great distraction. Like he was searching for himself. I mean, hours. Imagine you're in the search party. (laughs) <laughs> and you figure you out that, that, oh, who you're looking for. Who are we looking for? Yeah. This guy, this idiot that we're looking for. Oh, it's me. Did they say why they were looking for him? Well, he got drunk and, and wandered off into the woods, so he didn't, never came home. Oh, he never came home. Never came home. Okay. So oh. who's it really at fault here? Is it Mutla, who was the drunk who joined his own search party? Right. Or is it the idiots in the search party who didn't realize that the guy they're looking for was with them? Was standing right next to him. Right, like who? Where's where on the idiot level, uh, the idiotometer? Where uh, I don't know who's worse. Yeah, who's more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was deep and wise for, for our Friday morning. I'm just, I just want to talk about Mutla, the, the drunk who joined his own search party. Ah, uh, it's un- unbelievable. Anyway, so wasted is the so morbid knowledge and wasted. I I think I could have a social media thing every Friday. Yeah, I, I mean, there's enough fodder there for sure. Right? You sent. I, I'm not. I will not subscribe to the other one, or I won't follow the other one because it, you it, you I'm got me you. on the first one, and you know there are times during the day, the where, morbid knowledge, I, on morbid knowledge. Yeah, where I I will grab I that, know. and the next thing I know, thirty minutes are gone, and now yes. I schedule. It, it, yes, it's unbelievable the stuff that happens in the world. Like, and, and the morbid knowledge is all real stuff. I mean, this is real. This happened, you know, as, I mean, as far as I know. There are pictures of Mutla. They got pictures <laughs> and, and, you know, this guy. And, I mean, you just, you, you know what? It, it really does fall into the you can't make it up. Yeah, I'm sure that there are all kinds of stories like that in New Jersey. Yeah. If only we could track those down. I mean, I've heard similar things over the uh, uh, There's the no, years. no, I, I should start compiling that. So if you've got a weird story like that, uh, I would love to do a site, uh, like a social media thread, just based on the ridiculousness in New Jersey. Yeah. Right? So if you've got a story like Mutla, you know, who got drunk and wandered off and then joined his own search party, (laughs) that's pretty good. I I would start with that. Who's who's New Jersey's Mutla? And if you're Turkish, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, I don't know. So if you want to let me know. But there's got to be, there's got to be one. There's got to be more than one. Everybody oh. knows. Everybody has that dumb friend. Yes. Everybody has that dumb yes. friend. Everyone. Where, yes. And and if 
if you're thinking you don't, it's probably you. Oh, my God. Oh, I was just thinking, who's my friend? <laughs> I just, thank you, Eric. Oh, my God. All right, let's jump right back in. Julian Hamilton. All right, so you can uh, relate to us with our problem in the the office cafeteria. Not really a cafeteria, it's a kitchen. How you doing, Julie? Good, how are you? Good. So what, what happened in your office? Well, our company provides uh, free coffee service. Nice. So I'm responsible for stocking the cabinets with backup supplies, mm-hmm. including like 32-ounce sugar and creamer canisters. Got it. And it never fails. The next day, they're always op- literally opened and half empty. <laughs> only, only the sugar can- canisters. That's unreal. Who's doing it? You don't know. No, no. Um, you know, we can't put cameras in it in the kitchen because... Why not? Why can't you have a camera in the kitchen? Uh, the bosses don't want to put one on there because the way they feel that we'll be invading um, everybody's privacy. Are they aware that someone is half opening the creamers and leaving them? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're well, half opening the sugar, the sugars and they're, and they're emptying them. They're half empty. So I don't understand. That. And they're, they're throwing the wrappers back in? Why would they do that? Well, it's not the wrappers. It's actually like 32-ounce containers. Ah, uh, I see. I see. So what, what are you going to do about it? I don't know. That's why I'm calling you. <laughs> You're asking me. All right, let me let me think on that, Julie. The solution. <laughs> I, I I don't right now. I, my solution was the camera, but you know that that ship has sailed. Um, we're we're. Uh, I think the only way to do it is you have to call people out publicly. Someone's doing it. So, but then you don't want to say the name of the company. I get that, but that's that's you got what you what I would do, Julie. I would post a picture on your Facebook group. Okay. That's what I would do. Just say, hey, happened in my office. Anybody else? And you watch how many people have the same problem in their office. That's a good idea. Okay. Thank Look you. at that. I'm like a helpline therapist. We do it all here, Julie. We do it all. Oh, you are. Have, have a great day. weekend. You take care. Let's go to Chris and Brick. Morning, Chris. How are you? Good. What do you want to say? Uh, so, actually, I was listening in and I was uh, listening to you talk about the police department. And I wanted to yeah. talk about Tom's River for a minute yep um as you know what's going on right now is pretty disgusting and disgusting unions are all involved in there's actually a petition going around right now where we're looking for five thousand signatures uh tom's river voters are going to um sign a petition to bring this up for vote uh so if this does pass which it does look like it's going to pass uh we can vote for it so, so you're talking about the resolution that will uh, take away jobs in the police department, uh, you know, and the PIO position, not replace the retiring captains. Uh, yeah, I, you know, Chris, it's amazing to me, right, that, that, and I've said this my whole career, and I will continue with this, and I will stand by this no matter what the future holds for me. Uh, you don't balance the budget on the backs of law enforcement, period. It's just not, it's not, it's not smart policy. It's not good for public safety. It's not good for morale. And at the end of the day, the the fact that you find money to hire political allies and you can't find money to pay your cops it, it is absolutely outrageous should not happen in any town in new jersey so um you know i, I wish you luck chris I, I have to tell you i, I think the Tom's river police department is one of the best in new jersey they, they're fantastic exactly. i've dealt with them plenty of times in the past yeah. uh you know from getting pulled over when i was a reckless kid yeah to uh how to call on them to come to help me and they've been nothing but courteous and professional, and now we have to save them. And, you know, if you can go to Farrow's Tea Shop or T-Shirt Shop on Fisher Boulevard, and if you have a small business and you want to have a paper for everyone to sign, 
please pick them up at Farrah's T-shirt shop. It's Farrah's? How do you spell that? F-A-R-R-O-S. It's on Fisher Boulevard in Farrah's. River. And if you own a small business and you want to petition, go to Farrah's, and he'll give you plenty of the um, plenty of them to put out for your small business. Awesome. You know what? Th- thanks for making that plug, Chris. We'll, uh, I-, I tell the owners if they want to call in on Small Business Monday, I'd, I'd be happy to plug them again. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, Chris, have a great rest of your weekend. Back the blue, baby. That's right. 947. Let's do traffic and roll. 953 on New Jersey, 101.5. Good morning and goodbye. I am Bill Spadia. On this hashtag Blue Friday, I want to thank Lieutenant Gene Bachonsky for calling in from the Tom's River Police Department and honoring uh, his fellow uh, officer, Captain Mike Miller, and, of course, our friend, uh, former PIO for Tom's River, Jillian Messina. They are our hashtag Blue Friday honorees. And, honestly, the entire Tom's River Police Department, my friend Mitch Little, the chief, does an outstanding job keeping Tom's River one of the safest towns in New Jersey. Thank you for all that you do and for all the police officers out there. God bless you guys. Everyone, have a great weekend. Happy Groundhog Day, and I'll see you Monday. Spadia Show on demand. Don't forget to check out the latest online from Bill Spadia on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.